Welcome to today's episode of the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast, where we offer bite-sized lessons and steps that you can implement as a part of your journey towards becoming the very best that you can be. This is your podcast host, Brigitte Bornstein, and just so you know, for planning purposes, we release a new episode the first and third Tuesday of every month with some amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining me for today's discussion. I hope you'll return my handshake to you. You can do that through becoming a part of this community on Instagram, my website, bestyoucanbe.com, or by subscribing and leaving helpful comments. Hey, you guys, welcome to a brand new year. I would say, I can't believe it's 2021, but... I also know this happens every single 365 days, and I should probably expect it at this point, but time just really flies. So I spent some time recently culling through some good news from the past year and looking for examples of good leadership, and I am sure that I could fill so much more than this short podcast episode with examples and stories of good leadership exemplified in 2020, so this list is definitely not all-encompassing or anything like that, but here's what I got. First, in 2020, we saw the coronavirus very quickly morph itself into a destroyer of jobs for some people, but... In the wake of that devastation also came extreme, extreme generosity. And I I don't necessarily think of generosity as a leadership trait. Uh, Just personally, for me, that's more of a be a good person trait. Uh, But earlier in 2020, we saw generosity become a means through which a lot of CEOs exemplified empathy. And empathy is shared understanding and it is a leadership quality and honestly, This step was taken by so many executives that I'm not even going to give names here, but I do love what a professor of finance from Wharton said, that it's symbolic, uh, talking about these CEOs giving up their salary. Because if you take a chunk of salary forgone by a CEO and you divide it among a ton of employees, it ends up not really being that much uh, for each individual. But what this professor said, quote, I think for CEOs to come out and say, we are going to give up our pay, it's a signal that they are sharing the pain, end quote. So am I saying that it's wrong for a CEO not to give up his or her pay during COVID? No, absolutely not. But I do see this as a way to show a certain level of empathy to employees because by putting that out to them that you also are making much less money as a result of the current economic issues, you're just all feeling the same pain and you're all feeling difficulty. So we also see a lot of leadership in the form of taking initiative. And my examples here are also in taking initiative to give financially, but in reading through this past year's positive news stories, I saw, just as an example, I saw this one young teen on his way home from work stop, take initiative, and help a stranger just like in the middle of the street, I think, that's what I gathered, who was dealing with something really emotional and who was crying. Um, So plenty of other great examples, but one great example of initiative was Dave Ramsey. So Dave Ramsey is a seven-time number one national best-selling author in the field of financial advice. And he is also esteemed for, esteemed by many, for his guidance in helping Americans navigate their way out of debt through his show, The Dave Ramsey Show. So this past year, he initiated his company, Ramsey Solutions, 
paying off the debt for 8,000 people, which totaled $10 million. So they paid off the debt for 8,000 people, which totaled up to $10 million. I mean, can you imagine getting that phone call? Like, hey, your financial debts are all paid. I, I would be in disbelief. But if you follow their website and their reports on this huge gift, it was just because they knew that this year had been really, really hard uh, on a lot of people and they just decided to step up in a way that they felt they could. So they took initiative. You also see generosity happening through the leadership of a team. When Pastor Michael Todd led his church, Transformation Church, to combine and put together all of their efforts and buy every single pair of shoes at a local shoe store to donate tennis shoes to kids who really needed them. Literally, they bought out the entire store's in-stock shoe collection for kids. And what I think is unique about this example, of course, there's probably a ton of examples of, of people combining efforts for one cause, but he's just one guy who happens to have the opportunity to lead a group of people who attend his church, but to get his members to see the value in donating to these in-need kids in such a time of need, being able to lead them to rally behind a cause of giving probably involved quite a lot. And he had to communicate. He had to be brave and speak in front of them. He had to be generous himself and contribute personally to the campaign. And he had to make sure that what they were giving to was also a worthy cause. And so he used judgment and discernment. And we also see initiative taken in who I believe to be a leader in every sense of the word, a young cashier. So in late spring of 2020, Early on into the news of COVID and all of that, an elderly gentleman named Lane was shopping at his local Fresh and Low grocery store. At that point, he had not been venturing out very often, but he needed to stock up on some things. So he got everything he needed and he made his way to a checkout line where a very kind 17-year-old cashier named Elizabeth Taylor rang up all of his grocery items to a total of $173. And Mr. Lane realized, unfortunately, that he was $33 short of being able to pay for all of that. I don't know about you guys, but if this was me, I would be super nervous. There was probably somebody else behind him in line who was in a rush and likely getting really impatient as this elderly gentleman rummaged through all of his extra pockets, trying to find some extra cash. And he probably felt so embarrassed, like cheeks getting red, and finally just resorted to taking items to put them back on the shelves. But the cashier stopped him and insisted on paying for all of his groceries not just the extra that he couldn't cover. This teenage Elizabeth insisted on personally paying for all $173 of this man's groceries. She didn't overthink it. She just made a split-second decision, took initiative, and told him, hey, sir, don't worry about it. She probably saw Lane getting flustered and helped him calm down, so she was observant, and she led him through what could have otherwise been a very discouraging grocery run. Switching gears away from leadership that led to generosity and towards using your gifts for service. So giving your service, giving your time, giving your attention to others to make them feel loved and valued. Actor Matthew McConaughey organized and hosted, along with his wife and kids, 
virtual video bingo tournaments for members of a local senior living facility. There was a prize every time someone won a game and it was fun, a great distraction from an otherwise probably uneventful day, right? So he led by being giving of his talent, which is being funny and personable. He made people feel welcome and loved and included and he led this series of events and gave his time and his attention towards those who needed it. Next, leading by being a good listener, a lot of us probably tuned in to at least part of the confirmation hearings for now Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Even if you didn't watch any of it, you might have come across a headline in a major newspaper that had a picture of her in the middle of this extremely long, grueling questionings. And the purpose of them, for those of you who don't know, is so that the Senate could decide either to vote or not vote her into this Supreme Court position. And in this picture, she's holding up a pad of paper with nothing written on it. And the background to this photo is that a senator asked her, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, but a senator asked her, Mrs. Barrett, you know that you are getting spoken to by a lot of different people and somehow you're able to recall who has said what to you and, and who has raised what questions for you in these many hours on end. And most of us would probably be taking a lot of notes to keep all of this straight. Would you mind showing us the notes that you have written down? And this senator, like me, was probably really impressed by the fact that Amy Coney Barrett just holds up a completely blank pad of paper, so no notes. And yet she was listening well enough to all of the different people asking her different questions that when being spoken to, she was able to reference earlier questions and she was able to refer back to the person that asked her which questions. And that just amazed me because personally, I think that listening is a critical skill for any leader but it's also a very tough one and we've all been in situations where you're in front of people maybe and and you're trying to be in the moment and listen intentionally but something moves or, or catches our eye or our, our brain decides to remind us that we need to plan something or, or figure out when we're going to get a certain work project done or, or something like that and it's super annoying and we're just trying to focus and listen but 2020 listening uh, by leadership by listening definitely goes to Amy Coney. Barrett hands down. Next, leadership by being considerate of others. So this is pretty sweet. A FedEx delivery worker in Florida is going about his busy day trying to get all the packages to the right locations on time. He hops out of his car, grabs a box, speed walks to the front door, and just as he's turning back around to get back to his car after dropping off the package, he sees a sign in the window written by the household's mom that reads, someone in this house has an autoimmune disorder. Please leave packages and deliveries on the doorstep. And that someone was her 11-year-old daughter. Although I'm sure that the FedEx delivery man did not really have the extra time to do this, he runs back to his truck, grabs some sanitation supplies, comes back to the house, sanitizes the package, and he leaves a note to let the family know that the package has been cleaned. So sometimes it's just a tiny little thing like that in the moment uh, that seems like an inconvenience, but is it really? And then we do that extra tiny kindness and it can change someone's entire day. So that is leadership by being considerate and going the extra mile. Another one of my favorite examples is the first person with Down syndrome to race in and complete an Ironman. Chris Nikich became that person. 
And the leadership here that I would like to highlight is actually from a couple of different people. So Chris's dad, from what I have seen and read, is very much to be credited with lending belief and helping Chris see his own potential. I think that that's just a fantastic leadership characteristic, painting a picture of of what is possible for somebody else. And yes, he is Chris's dad, and that's what fathers are supposed to do. But for such a massive goal, there were a lot of doubts in Chris's mind, and it all started years, years, years before this Iron Man when Chris was extremely out of shape, extremely sedentary, and his dad just encouraged him one day at a time to adopt the 1% better rule, which is get better by 1% every day. And years later, that got him to the finish line of the Ironman, which by the way, is a 2.4 mile open water swim, followed by a 112 mile bike ride, and a 26.2 mile run all under 17 hours, holy cow. But what also got him to the finish line of an Ironman was Dan Grebe. Dan Grebe is a real estate agent who volunteered to train with Chris. He was a volunteer trainer, which I don't even know how much time that took, but a ton. And he also completed the Ironman with Chris, which involved a lot of having a rope tied uh, between the two of them, between their waists, and while, while they ran and things like that. So that is just pure giving. That's just pure belief in another person's ability to accomplish something, being devoted and loyal to a person and helping him or her reach a goal. And that's just, that's commitment also considering how much time and physical energy was involved in that agreement. And he basically led Chris Nikich the entire way along with the support of his family. And it's just incredible. So also seen in 2020 was a lot of change for families with kids, especially kids relying on regular school attendance for regular meals and food. So when school changed, a lot of kids did not have the nutritional support that they needed. But Claire Bobineau Fontenot, who is the leader of the largest hunger relief organization in the U.S., Feeding America, stepped up to the challenge. I chose to highlight her leadership because their organization network can provide, this is a ton, they can provide 7 billion meals in a year. But in a matter of weeks, that number was very quickly not nearly enough to close the gap that was so quickly made by all of the changes almost overnight, leaving kids without meals. And I think it's hard for leaders to anticipate challenges, but at the same time, when asked about it, Claire was very confident in the structure of her organization network, even in the midst of its falling very short of covering all meals needed due to the increased demand. And she already had the foundation in place, so it wasn't a question of if they could maintain status quo and guarantee a consistent outcome, only a question of if they could do much more and how they would do it. And I think that her leadership skills probably were uh, required to be very adaptive, responsive, creative, and she probably also had to do a ton of problem solving and also probably had to protect her mindset because for somebody so passionate uh, about feeding children, she probably wants them all to be fed and probably doesn't like that gap that was there all of a sudden, right? So great leadership there. And last but not least, this is all, by the way, really in no particular order, Paula Ferris released a book called Call called out. And she was the anchor for Good Morning America for a number of years and some other platforms as well. And in conjunction with her book release, she spent 2020 being very outspoken in a number of interviews, 
uh, with her main message being to have the courage to change direction and also warning us against misplacing our significance and finding our worth in things like career or in things that can shift or change. And I think that her leadership is worth mentioning because of her genuine transparency and her humility with which she shares many areas in her life where she has fallen short or made mistakes. So you can listen to her on any interview and she will share this call to action and she bases it pretty much 100% in here's what I did wrong, don't do what I did wrong, don't find your value in your vocation or your calling in your career. That's kind of something that she would say. And I think that this year has been a, a year when a lot of people have experienced just how quickly things like career or school schedules or plans or sports practice, they can just go away in the blink of an eye and if that's where we have our identity, then we go into crisis mode. So with that, we have just explored a pretty random list, but meaningful on the individual level of people in the United States who have shown a newsworthy example of good leadership characteristics. We saw being a good listener, being creative, giving with your time and resources generous, taking initiative, going the extra mile when it isn't convenient, being humble and transparent, and there are so many more, I'm sure, but we all know it's really hard to find good news stories in the news, so honestly, it took me a really long time to just make this list, uh, but I will see you back here in a couple of Tuesdays for the next leadership lesson to apply to wherever you are with things right now, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much for joining me on the Best You Can Be Leadership Podcast. If you are as excited as I am about diving into our potential and stepping into the very best versions of ourselves, then follow me on Instagram at bestyoucanbe and don't be afraid to send me a message. You can also visit bestyoucanbe.com and fill out a contact me form. I can't wait to meet you. In this episode, I've stuck my hand out to introduce myself to you, but go ahead and do the same for me. Tell me who you are, what your story is, and what you would like to see most in lessons to apply to your leadership experiences. Until next episode, keep going, keep growing, and keep becoming the best you can be. Bye.